especially not with this episode. We can't be messing up. It's a big one. It's bongos and bullshit, an episode where finally, the first time since I think nature's key, I got to go out and go do a grow, and now I'm going to gloat about it. But first, say hello to my co-host, Uncle Dig. What's up, Uncle Dig? Hey, hey, nothing much. Just uh, just got done uh, working in the garden, and now I'm on here with you. I'm getting ready to start a garden based on your your tutelage and the seed you sent me, and I'm excited about this. I'm going to do an inside garden. And I wanted okay. to actually open the show straight up talking about this because this show does not oh, have sure. a lot of a lot of grow info a lot of the time. And I know a yeah. lot of people who listen are like into grow stuff and like the more the history side and stuff. So I wanted to like warmly encourage everybody who's listening here, go check out the Bag Seed Chronicles. It's like this podcast, but with like less dick jokes and more growing and it's got Uncle Dig on it. Yeah, it's basically like a DIY cannabis podcast. If you if you're into do it yourself cannabis, then you might enjoy the Backseat Chronicles. If you like Uncle Dick's sexy smooth voice or any of that. Yeah, if you want this in your ear all the time, 24/7, I've got quite the backlog now. Almost a year and a half of this sweet stuff. <laughs> no, I don't talk like that. <laughs> That'd be great if you if you I could. talk like the fucking do the right thing radio host lady or whatever. I'm sorry, but that was the Warriors, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Lynn Thigpen. I've actually thought about doing a baked tribute to her on the bag seat. Oh, articles. man. Dude, because she is so, so cool. Like the, the, the film clip that made me want to like be involved in radio or even talk into a mic at all was her lips coming up on the mic and being like, what's up down or whatever she says. I don't even remember what she says, but she's like, you know, like she's putting out hits via songs and stuff. It was so cool. Yes, That's Lynn. Th- she was the same. She was the same lady that played the, uh, the, the, the lead detective on where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Oh shit. On PBS dude. When I was a kid. Yes, dude. That's some knowledge. Yeah. And that actually makes perfect goddamn sense. That's great. Yeah, dude. Lynn Thigpen was the shit. She's no longer with us, unfortunately. That sucks. But yeah, she was awesome, man. Like one of my favorite, like, like I I wouldn't call her an A-list actor, but you know, like someone who's out there in the ether. Right. You don't always hear of, but when you see her, you're like, oh, her, she's awesome. And she had a really long run on some TV show that I never watched that I didn't even, I don't know. Anyway. Lynn Thigpen, everybody. Go check out her work. (laughs) Uh, What are you smoking on, Uncle Dig? I am getting ready to smoke a bowl of Jaeger that my buddy Roland Smokes gave me. And it's tasty. It's a, uh, I would say it's primarily Indica. Okay. The only, the only effect I would say that this strain has that isn't always preferable is it has some pretty irresistible munchies okay that i wonder i would have to look at the profile on that i've been trying to figure that out because i feel like there are terps that do that man fuck see i screwed up i'm gonna we're gonna have to pause the show i gotta go get info on mine real quick i'll be right back frozen show back to the content oh you're gonna edit this out you just continued recording all right uh, three two one bam we're back so yeah, the, the Jaeger I've heard about, and I, I guess I was confused. I think I was, I, I thought that you'd grown that, but that, that I'm going to look into that. And next time I'm going to know a little bit about it. It's always interesting when you come on, cause you've always got some shit that like a dude gave you or that you grow. And then mine yeah. was like Dispo weed. I have Dispo weed in there. I, I just am not going to smoke it now. Cause this, the stuff I bought at the Dispo is this, um, this Northern lights. And I got it because the guy said it would put me to sleep and 
God damn it, does it sure does. So you don't want me to smoke that on the podcast. Those blue, what? Huh? Oh, yeah, sure, man. Cool. All right. Yeah, exactly. Like that, just over and over again. You're going to be like, oh, what compelling content. It devolves into that sometimes anyway. So I find that this Jaeger is nice because it is an Indica. Don't get me wrong. It's a strong Indica. Right. However, it... um. I feel like it's a an indica for any time of day, right? If you need to calm the fuck down, right? It's great, always, right? But it's not necessarily gonna put you to sleep. Now, if you are already a little bit tired or it's bedtime, right? It can totally accommodate that. It's one of those like I don't want to say it's a jack of all trades because most people shouldn't smoke it at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I do that, but maybe most people shouldn't. But you know. Other than that, a, a jack of all trades, afternoon to evening to nighttime smoke the Jaeger. Unless you're a spaz, then fucking smoke it at nine o'clock. It'll I am a spaz. Thing. I'll smoke it at six. God damn it. <laughs> uh, I got um, I've got a few things and this ties into the main topic of the show. It's in the title there. Uh, I, I synced up with the folks at a grow called uh, Very Good Grow. Uh, very Good Grows. These guys are very good. Grow. Oh, my God. I've had this name over and over and I'm stoned. It's very good grows, plural. I knew this. I'm just stumbling over my tongue. The fine folks at Very Good Grows gave me a bunch of sample weed to try and invited me up to their facility. And we're going to talk about the trip to the facility today. Uh, I've got actually six strains from these guys because they hooked me the fuck up for the show. And the one I'm smoking on is Ochi's. And I can't, uh, once again, my my typical struggle with the camera. This is the O-Cheese. I got six jars with a shitload of weed in them like this now. I yeah. love cheese. And this is interesting, too. I brought the sheet on it. This is why I had to pause the show a minute ago. This is an Indica Dominant. Um, per the guys at Very Good Grows, it's a 75-25. Yeah, it's like the heaviest Indica mix of the bunch. I don't think there's <laughs> any more that goes higher than 75-25. But its top terpene is limonene. So it's got that, like, sativa like mm-hmm. kind of clear-headed like citrusy high but then it goes down into having mercine and cedrine and it's also it's i noticed here i've got the whole sheet on it there was something interesting i took away and of course now i'm high and forgetful this one has no delta nine the the vast vast majority of its uh cannabinoid content comes from just thca uh very oh, little- okay very little CBD, uh, very little at 0.21. Uh, then the CBG and CBC are so small as to be non-existent. I, love I wonder this if that's why I like cheeses, because they say that THCAA heavy strains um, are good for PTSD. And so I wonder <laughs> if that's why I gravitate to cheeses. Also, a lot of cheeses are kind of like that. When you first smoke them, they're like a little bit of a rev up. And then that mer- they give that mercing kick at the end, and then you calm down. So it's like a good like, let me get some shit done, and then relax. It's it's an, it's nice. <clears throat> it is good, and I I do like this. I'm not so well versed in cheeses that I like know the typical cheese smell and shit. But just like for it to be an indica with that heavy limonene is is really great. And uh, I've got to say, like overall, the weed gods have really turned me back onto smoking over the past couple weeks since we did the concentrates episode and shit. Between very good girls hooking me up with, and I'll get into this in the review, which is going to run separately a little later this week. Some very, very good weed. And then I wanted I... to talk to you about that when you yeah. get a chance. Good. So you've said some things about smoking joints and stuff, and your experience smoking. Yeah. That frankly made me worry you had a a medical condition, or that <laughs> you were smoking um less than stellar <laughs> cannabis. Okay. Like particular 
Lee, when you said that you tasted eggs when you smoked joints. Yes. That is not something I get. And I talked to my wife. She listened to that show. Oh, my. My, par- my partner. Yeah. And um, she was like, she looked at me like, what is he tasting? Like, I'm like, oh, okay. So, because I, I told you, I eat <laughs> eggs all the time. Like, every morning I eat a mouthful of eggs. Right. It's part of my, my breakfast. I eat very American breakfast. So. So when I eat my eggs, I'm like, well, maybe I taste egg because I don't brush my teeth after breakfast. I brush my teeth in the morning and the evening. Maybe right. I should brush my teeth after I eat, but I don't. So there you go. Okay. Um, um, maybe I'll give a flosser, but honestly, mostly not. Right. I just brush them twice a day and I call that good. Anyway, the point is enough about my oral hygiene or lack thereof. <laughs> um, the, um, the fuck were we talking about? What Cheese, are we talking about? sulfur, eggs. Oh, sulfur. Eggs. So what I was worried about was that either the weed that you were smoking wasn't good, you were having micro strokes, or like they treated with sulfur too late, right? Right. And so I, 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 I just made me like, because that wasn't something that I was experiencing. And then right. someone else said they weren't experiencing it either. I'm like, right. okay, that's not great. So I would I would say next time you smoke a joint, yes, smoke one of smoke it one of those one of those weeds that you just got that doesn't give you a bad coughing. <clears throat> right. And then um and then I bet you you won't get that sulfur smell unless it's the papers you're using. It could have been the papers too. Cuz some like honestly, I'm going to tell you something and people listen, listen, listen. I don't want to hear it, okay? You know right? I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Okay. Just that, getting that out of the way. Raw papers suck. <laughs> okay. And there went a sponsor. I'm kidding. No, no. Raw they papers are fine. They I don't them. like no. them. The now raw does have one product that I'll that I'll roll with if I can't find what I like. If I can't find what I'll like, I'll use the raw organics. The organic one, the mm-hmm. uh, the the unbleached hemp organic one, or the bleached hemp organic one is really good. Right. But see, people are always like, "Oh, don't buy bleached <clears throat> papers. Bleached right. papers taste good." Okay, yes. so like, I'm gonna use them. I'm sorry, again, not sorry, but also sorry. I don't care. It, like it's... people have been pushing this information, like you gotta have unbleached paper is it better for the environment of course yes it is it's better not to like chemically treat things right right is me bleaching that paper hurting me any more than an uncut and then an unbleached paper probably not i don't know yeah i I, honestly like if you're rolling your weed in paper i feel like you're assuming a certain level of risk okay i mean yeah and and so i don't know i just prefer bleached papers and and a lot of stoners will get mad at me and be like, oh, it, it doesn't work with the terps, right? I'm like, if you want a really terpy joint, here's what you need to do. Roll it, and then don't smoke it. Put it in a tube for a couple days, maybe a week. Cure the joint. Cure the joint. Mm. And then when you pull it out, all that resin, if your weed's real resinous, mm. will, will like seep into the paper a little bit, and your joint will will taste a little bit like that weed and smell like that weed in a really real way. That's why a lot of people say they like pre-rolls from the dispensary more than they like it from home. That That's makes nothing sense. to do with the quality. Shit's been pickling in there. Now, sometimes it's bad and it dries out, but if it's a good <clears throat> sealed tube, it's pickling in itself. And you'll pull it out and you'll see little spots of resin on the paper. Mm. You don't see that when you fresh roll. 
Well, when you uh, fresh okay. roll, none of that's seeping into the paper. You're sparking it off you go. Paper, weed. But when you put it in a tube for a week, something magical happens. And so I recommend you smoke, roll one fresh, smoke it, and then wait and wait for a week and smoke the other one. That's I know really this is delayed gratification for people. I know we don't yeah. like this, but there's always more weed. Right. So roll it, let it sit in the tube a week. My partner will let her like I'll roll her a joint and she'll put it in a tube and she'll put it in a tube for a month. And she won't touch it and then she'll smoke it and it will be kind of a different thing. It's not as harsh. It tastes more like weed smells better when you light it <coughs> smells better when you smell it. I think that honestly, that's probably the best way to smoke weed, period, is like a joint, a joint of good weed that's been pickling for like a week. I, I feel like my thing, and that's very interesting, and I will try that, especially now that I have weed to pre-roll and fuck around with, because uh, usually I'm spun like an eighth or a quarter at a time. It's usually right. like your skunky ass, like really goopy strains that make like that nasty resinous shit at the end. Like that's yeah. where I start getting that taste that reminds me of sulfur. Now I'm also like, I have sensory processing issues and okay. uh, certain smells give me a headache and make me. Oh, okay. Weird. So it literally so might like, be a medical thing. Okay. Yeah, right. I mean, okay. but, but beyond that, I get a taste that tastes like sulfur. Now, something you said though is interesting. Cause I remember getting it a hell of a lot more back in like high school and shit. And there it being like real nasty. So there maybe fuck, maybe I was smoking some shit that was treated with sulfur. I don't know, but well, I, I, that's a common practice. I, as I understand it in the commercial cannabis setting. Oh shit. Um, um, not in um flour, but in veg, they'll hit them with sulfur for okay. uh for um pest control. It's one of the pest control methods that I don't think I'd ever see myself using. But um um it's Oops. a method. I right. um I I don't know enough about it to say whether or not it's um it's safe or not, because I would never do it. That's a so if I would never do something, I'm not going to investigate it further. People are like, oh, yeah, you could treat it with sulfur. And I'm like, uh, fuck you. I'm not going to do that. And then I move on. That's how that goes. Like, I'm not going to put sulfur on my plants. But some people do it in veg. Right. And apparently it is safe. However, mm. if they do it and the plant is even remotely in flowering, apparently, i.e., this is just shit I've heard. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not. Mm. It makes it taste like sulfur and there's nothing you can do to fix it. Oh, that's that. That could be then. Those dudes actually at the the girl I was out were telling me all about how weed is used to like slurp shit up out of the ground and stuff. So that would make a oh, lot of sense. Oh yeah. Well yeah, well, I'm not <laughs> talking I'm talking about that. I'm talking about uh surface treating sulfur on so the front. Yeah. But yeah. I was so I wonder but, if like the same thought applies where it's like slurping that shit up and now it's in it and like you Well that's part of why I grow in containers. Some of my now some of my recall <laughs> is going into my into my like yard or like my soil, but like I uh, I didn't get the soil tested when I right. moved here, and so I don't really know what's in it. So I just grow in topsoil I'm buying that I assume right. is maybe safer than the stuff in my yard. Right. I don't know if that's true, but it's just a precaution I've taken. Also, as we've discussed, bringing the pots up out of the ground right. helps my disabled ass reach them easier. So like, it's a back problem thing, too. If I don't have to get down as low to water or to do anything at the base of the plant, Right. It's just easier for me. And then I can break my whole garden down at the end of the grow season and it'll just disappear, which is fun. Yeah, that's good too. No, no big holes or whatever, no stalks sticking up. I don't even know what would be left over. I'm pretty ignorant of that stuff. No, it is. It's a usually like if you grow in the ground, it's a mm. big stalk 
because you you cut everything, almost everything off of it. Right. Even if you're not using part of what you're cutting off, you're using the rest of the stock as like a way to hang. Mm. Like you'll like people will, will trim their cut their weed stalks like mm. when they're pruning and they'll prune all the way to the edge of the stock of the stock and clip it off to where it <laughs> looks real nice and clean on the bottoms. And you'll notice on some of mine, there'll be random branches I've left on there about two inches out or three inches out. That's just to help me hang in in the in the autumn. Okay. Because those will calcify. They get real hard like wood. <clears throat> right. And then I can put that over the wire and then I don't have to tie a shit. I can just leave it hanging there. <clears throat> and it's big and bulky enough to, ho- to hold like, you know, you know, because the plant's really heavy when it's wet, but it's big and it's able yeah. to hold itself that. So that's how I'll do it. That's why I prune that way while they'll while it'll look real clean and there'll be like a couple random sticking out. That's what that is. I'm planning on using that to hang later. <clears throat> so to derail here, I just want to note something. Whenever we go through and watch the replay of the show later, you can tell the exact hit that destroyed me because it was three times bigger than I thought it was going to be. And I'm now the same color as the window behind me. Well, and this Jesus is the most Christ. for folks that are just tuning in or haven't watched the show. This is the most I've ever seen Evan smoke ever. It's because I like I've this never, weed. I've never seen him dab <clears throat> this much. I've never seen him smoke. And honestly, he usually falls apart after the first or second hit. And he's gone back to that bong a couple, three or four yeah, or five times. It's because I'm not like, I don't like it's every, if I inhale any kind of cannabis smoke or vapor, it's always going to make me cough a few times, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't make me oh, cough yeah. in the way a lot of other weed does. And that's, I guess with us being this late in, I should point out, um, we already talked about how very good grows invited me to the facility and stuff. And um, yeah, if we want to move on to that segment, the you, something you said reminded me of one of the many reasons you would love this place. Um, there are sometimes where like the show gives opportunities where I'm like, Dan, this is way more of a dig opportunity. Um, and this was probably one of them. And that's not a knock. Like I had a blast, but dude, you would have been in heaven. This okay. place, I'm, I'm just going to give the rundown. And I'm going to say from the beginning, two things. Uh, one, if I get anything inaccurate, I was listening very closely to these guys. And I usually remember stuff pretty well, but there's a lot of technical shit. So if I got anything inaccurate that I, I didn't get told on, it's me being, yeah, dumb. Um, and the other thing is... I'm reviewing this weed and stuff. And I say this in the review, if these guys gave me junk weed, I would just go, yeah, I went there they were nice dudes, but the weed wasn't hot. So like, yeah, the only thing that exchanged hands was just the weed coming to me. Now, all that said, I got to go yesterday to very good gross facility. I'm not going to talk about where it is, but this place for immediately, immediately is one of the coolest grows I've ever seen. And the coolest by far that I've ever personally been to. Um, you go in here and it just looks like a, you know, a nondescript like agriculture building on the outside. It looks new because they built it from the ground up for their own purposes. But the moment you go in there, the very first room, they're giving you the tour that, and I talked to, it was, it was Cody and Josiah. And then there was also their sales rep, Matt there, but Cody and Josiah were the ones who gave me the tour. Uh, Cody took me in the very first room, just how they get their fucking water. So much thought has gone into this shit. Just the water. Uh, They reclaim water from their air conditioners. You need AC in Oklahoma all the time. So because of that, they're able to get like fucking something like 80% reclaim water. They pull the rest of the water up from this well. And it goes through this crazy automated system of water softeners and shit. And goes through and it goes into this big tub that can be the water in this tub can be transferred to a rolling cart. The rolling cart goes into these rooms that are. This dude, they're these dudes. I think, I think Josiah was like the designer because he's a mechanical engineer. Going to these gigantic vertical farm rooms. They can have like a thousand plants in these rooms. And they're not even 
they're not even that like they're long. They're as long as a groom, but they're tall. They're tall like a warehouse. And it's wait, just, wait, wait, wait. So it's like it's like shelving of plantings. Yeah, it's like a vertical grow going way, way high the fuck up. And so, they've got good. Oh yeah, that would have been real. I would have had tons of how tall tall were each individual grow level. Um. I'm trying to think off the top of my head in one of the, the I think this was the clone room I was in. Cause it was the one with the tiny little ones that there were like four or five racks up to my head and they kept oh, going wow. way high up. I'm very That's bad cool. at estimating feet, but the thing is they've got it all automated. And this is a system that they've, they've not only designed like parts were because just they didn't have the parts they needed available. They've modified stuff that they bought. They've got a fucking 3d printer in there to print like specific things for their their and it's just two dudes that made this shit but like it's you you go into these rooms and there's sensors on all of these thousands of plants and fucking they can pop on their phone and say oh the i think what what cody was showing me was oh the co2's fucked up on this one or oh the temperature is not quite right on this one because they got heating pads on all of them so each one of these little grow racks is its own little basically biosphere that they can fuck with the heat fuck with what they're getting and then they wheel these gigantic water carts in and they can just turn a tap and the water goes exactly high up as it needs to waters all the plants they can water thousands of plants in a remarkably quick amount of time and like they can the big thing i got and if you listen to to the end of the interview you'll hear this they took so a lot of care to control variables and they're they're picky about the the strains that they take in so what they're able well, to you have to be right well that's, because like that's my first my first thought is if they're vertical they can only do strains that don't stretch a certain amount in flower because if they stretch too much in flower they'd they'd ruin they wouldn't fit in their space well now the shit's like super adjustable and the clone room was the one with lots of tiny like right. stacked on top of each other racks now in the rooms i should be clear on this and thanks for the point to clarify in the veg and flower rooms those were single level and, okay and they were on these like installed it looked like trims i'd work except instead of being on rolling carts they were on these appliances that were actually like installed in the floor and you could just slide them like fucking clothes on a rack and it would okay. be like row after row after row after row of plants. And whenever you're done going through and inspecting the plants or whatever, or fucking draining the, the runoff, or you just slide the rack down and go down to the next one. So even that was fucking like high tech. And it, it was, it was mind blowing. Like I, it's the only girl I've been to that had a 3d printer in the back just so they could like make shit better that in case the shit they buy didn't work. I, I, I was looking at their Instagram just now. They do have a very clean looking facility. It was fucking cool. I wish I had more to report than it was cool and that I could like speak eloquently on this shit. They 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 built it all. It's fucking it's crazy. So did you ask him how many square feet it was? I did not because I'm bad at that kind of stuff and I didn't okay. even think about it. But I will say it was it was how many small. clones in their clone room? I think they said there were like a thousand clones in there. A thousand. Okay. Yeah. How many plants in veg? An absolute shitload. I'm totally just <laughs> spitballing here. But I mean, I'll show you. Um, there's a video I can show you where I just walked down one of the rows. Okay. And it was like a minute. And it was like, you know, maybe 15, maybe 20 rows like that. Just endless okay. beautiful plants. And in some of these rooms, the scent was like so strong. And it was like the same smell from the plants I got. That it was just like breathtaking because it was that was the flower room mostly. Um, but it was, oh, man, I want I want to go back and live there. It's wonderful. That's awesome. That's awesome. And just I'm kind of I'm kind of rambling through it, but the cool thing to me is like they 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 built like the controllers for some of these things. Like they right. they did it, it just everything they've built to be like exacting. And I'm sure 
I'll, you know, I'll say this is the most high tech grow in Oklahoma. And then somebody will come along and go, no, actually, you know, there's a grow in Tulsa where they have aliens fucking suck you off with a hologram trim. But like, if you told me it was the most high tech grow in Oklahoma, I would believe you. Like, I couldn't see how it could be much more than that. Like, every single variable was thought of and controlled. And um, as you'll hear in the interview, what that what that lets them do is basically keep reproducing the same strains with the same like quality and the same taste and everything over and over and over because they've taken in depth notes on what they want these plants to do and how they want the highs to feel and the 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 variables they need to control to get there. And uh, huh. they, they were talking about in the interview how I'm just kind of recapping the interview at this point. They want to, they hear that sativa smokers don't feel a lot of love on the market, which I feel is totally true because sativas take longer to grow. And they're typically a little shittier as you've told me, dig, you know, they're finicky. A lot of the times they can have trouble. It's mainly the long flowering time, man. Right. Like, and, and I, here's what I'll say. Oklahoma is what? Well, how long have y'all been medically legal now? Three or four, four years. years, three, four years. So when I first, when, when, when Oregon first went legal, when I first started coming here back in the medical days, I couldn't really find sativas. And then wreck happened and still sativas weren't very common. You'd find a lot of good hybrids. You find a lot of indicas. The sativas were kind of mad and there weren't that many of them. Then the exotics started becoming. Remember hype strains? No, but I'm also not connected to the weed scene like that. Right, right. So, like on the West Coast out here, now there are still hype strains. But I remember for the longest time, it was kind of variations on the same thing. Oh, if you. Do you, was there was it? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Was this something called hype strains? Or are you no, just talking about? No, no, oh. I was talking about hype strains in general, like so runs for, and shit. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. runs, cookies. I feel like this all kind of now people may dis- disagree with me, but like I wasn't a grower then, I was just a consumer, right? And well, I don't know when did cookies come out, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> cookies started this whole I only smoke exotics, shit. <laughs> 35 well, well, and up, bro, right? Which, dude. More power to you if you want to spend too much on weed. More power to you. However, what cookies did, what all these exotic strains did for the market is they bought brought back good tasting racy sativas. Because like not cookies, but like runts and like what's the what's the mimosa? mimosa. All this shit. To like mimosa to me is one of the best tasting sativa leaners out there. Yeah, I would agree with I'd, that. I don't smoke it. I don't like smoking sativas. But if you offer me mimosa, my dumb ass will smoke it every time and be like, I don't like sativas. Oh, I like <laughs> sativa. You know, like, fucking, I know what it is. I smoke it every time because it tastes so good. And then I regret it. Like, five minutes later, I'm like, ah, oh, I got to. Like, um, what's another one that's a real hype strain now around Oregon called Apple Fritter? Yeah. In Washington. Yeah, too. dude. Yeah, dude. Let me tell you. I it's got like a green crack type sativa high. It's got a sativa high. I smoke it. People offer it to me. I never turn it down. I always have a bad time, but I always, (laughs) I always take, cause it tastes so fucking good. It tastes (coughs) so good. And, and, and so like now, like, see, so there are strains out there, but you can't find them all the time. Right. (coughs) I think in two more years, you're going to be complaining that you can't find any pure indicas. Because right now, a lot of times, like, I'm looking for, like, 
knock your dick in the dirt indicas that like uh and just make you like a useless and no one wants to smoke that recreationally that's not what people are after that's what i'm after because i got anxiety and you so got a tolerance I, level that allows you to to handle that like a champ sometimes sometimes fair, fair. but like sometimes i'll still forget shit, and shit. oh but yeah like, honestly course. like that's the thing like it, it'll fluctuate and i and i think that people don't need don't need to get too worried about that long term because i think the the market in oklahoma i think has been responsive to the consumer in other ways right and eventually what's going to happen is y'all are going to be running around like i can't find goods at hemas i can't <laughs> find goods at hemas and then all your butt tenders are listening and they're telling their boss and that's making up their chains and the next year you're going to be drowning in mimosa and green crack an apple fritter, and you're not going to be able to find purple punch to save your life. Watch. I mean, possibly, possibly. You know what I mean? You never know. But what I'm saying is it seems like every two years I'm complaining it's impossible to find a different kind of weed. It flips. That's, right. I didn't, I've not got that kind of perspective. That's super interesting because I'm definitely in then like anywhere around here when you go, it's like, you know, all Indicas, all Indica hybrids. And then they've got like your Jack hair or your fucking Durban poison that nobody's buying anyway. Cause it's old and dusty. Well, we also have so many, like, I know that y'all are kind of have this too. Like we have a lot of dispensaries. Yeah. So like the further away, like, like literally the town, the big town near me is Medford. Okay. And Medford has, I'm a, like just driving down the main, like little road in Medford. There's literally a dispensary next door to a dispensary. Okay, yep. first of all, <laughs> there. So, so ground up cannabis is right next to weed bucks. Okay, and then if you go down further, there's like, there's like, yeah, every town has at least three dispensaries, bro. Even if it's only got like, the town I live in has like five thousand people, and we've got a dispensary. Sounds very Oklahoma like. Yeah. So like. I think I, I feel like different disp- like and so you've been in a lot of dispensaries. So this is pretty yeah. universal for your market. And I remember when it, it was like that, but I feel like it won't be that like that forever. So don't despair. But what I will tell you is enjoy this glut of sleepy indicas. That's what I've learned in the market. Like if you're seeing stuff that you really like, buy mm-hmm. it if you want it, because it's not going to be there next year. This is a plant. It goes bad. It doesn't last forever. You can the, now you can store it for a long time. And there right. are people curing weed for ridiculously long amounts of time right now, and it's really neat. The good, <laughs> the longest I've been able to, first of all, not smoke it, right. is about two and a half years. And after two years, it got to where I didn't really want to smoke it anymore. Oxidized weed looks gross, but it hits really smooth. Typically, is my experience. Like when you get to the old shit, like I've smoked shit that like out of necessity, like a dram that's like brown from oxidization, not curing. It's just been a dram in my cabinet. So, yeah. No. Oh, shit. Look at that, Rip. Look at that. Hats off to Sir, not Tur. Sir, Tur, Sir, Sir, Sir. Did your bong say police? No. <laughs> that would be really no. funny. <laughs> no. What does it say? It, oh, that's funny. It says pont. So it oh. used to it used to have these like white and red letters that said smoke point it's a a series of like uh head shops around here right in oregon but it wore off and it's just it's been a bong that i bought it you're gonna love this i bought this for 50 dollars. good shit that looks Um, like a nice brusculate bong by the top of it that nice thick ass glass that's pretty yeah it's it's a good one it was just it was it it didn't sell because it had their their like brand smoke screen on it and i was looking around for literally like a 
I don't know if you remember, but like back in the day, you could not find a plain bong, just a clear bong to save your life. Everyone That's- wanted their logo on it or whatever. And I'm like, fine, I want a plain clear bong, but you know, I'll t- I-, I like this. I like this place. I come here all the time, so I'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you got to put a logo on it. So like, um, that this is what I bought because I couldn't find anything I wanted. So, but this is good. It's become a really standby bong because it's big. Yeah, it's like four. It's like twelve in between twelve, fourteen inches, but it's not huge. Right. It's not like it's not. So it's got a good, like big, strong slap <laughs> and hit, but it doesn't like. It's not like cartoonish. That's what this this uh this tsunami and I wish I could get on their payroll because I do like their stuff and they make good shit. If they want to send me more branded things, I will smoke them on the air. Like it seems like with a bigger bong, you can get a little bit more of an element of control, and it's almost like having like a really high rev engine or something. Like if you're just smoking out of that tiny little beaker on your desk and you want to take a big rip, you're gonna have to fucking chief the fucking bowl and suck on it forever. With that big bong, you could fill it up a little bit and snap it or whatever. Like once you learn how to <laughs> yeah. handle it. I love the bong. The bong is my favorite way to smoke by far. If I could only smoke one way, I don't know. It'd probably be joints. I um, called that, yeah. Um, I like the bong because it doesn't smell like anything but weed. Now, the water will get to be rancid after a day. Like after, okay. and honestly, I change mine probably about, probably about once every like gram I put through it. Oh, shit. I, I change the water out completely. Um, but I also do snappers, bro. So I'm snapping all that weed down into the water. Mm-hmm. So it's fucking nasty. So like after, you know, after a while, I don't want to, cause it tastes it. You taste the water more than the weed mm-hmm. after a while. I don't like that. So like, and like when I come, like, I'll show you one of my bongs. Like I'll show you, I got a bong on a shelf right now. Shit's fucking clean, bro. Oh, fucking wow. Clean. Look at that. Look at that. For the listeners. I just saw some very pretty clean glass. I, uh. I prefer to have a clean bong. Now I've got dirty bongs on the shelf, but I prefer to keep them pretty clean. And like when you come to my, like if you have anyone who comes over to smoke at my house, like I don't want to hand them a dirty piece. Right. I don't want to do that, especially because like if you follow me on Instagram <clears throat> for more than a minute, you know I've got more than one. <clears throat> like so, I usually try to have like three pieces for people when right. they come over if they're like a smoker. So I'll have like. Usually this one will be cleaned up. Like this, this one right here is the one my buddy Scuba Steve uses when he comes and visits. He, this is like the bong that he likes to use when he visits specifically. And then I, I'll use my tank and like, and like, so like people, you know, when they come, we, we, it kind of depends on what they take, but I like, I like people having their own piece too. So they know that they're, it's not all fucking dirty and i'm not been drooling in it and if someone's yeah. got a if someone's got a herpes sore it just makes it easier because then you're like well you got herpes bro and here just hit this and it's glass so once i sanitize it my glass isn't going to give me herpes because glass isn't porous <laughs> so, no bro th- look listen i mean I'm, listen. I'm sure you can get it don't give me the wrong way don't be doing those dabs at the dab tent at the no events. no no like you listen you sanitize it when i say i sanitize my pieces after you leave and you've used it rubbing alcohol yes I, sh- I shake it out with rubbing alcohol and salt and then if i think you're really nasty i'll torch the rim where your mouth went so i know oh, I shit. what's on it dude like yeah i'll take you take a 
you take like a dab torch and you just nail your mouthpiece for like five seconds bro <coughs> what is alive on there that's infectious nothing i think the alcohol is going to kill most of it anyway right 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 but like like i said you know you've, you've got some friends that look like they might got thrush or something you invite someone in and off the street that lives in a box across the way from you then yeah i guess i could see that stranger things have happened although i don't generally invite homeless people into my house yeah it's, it's like vampires they don't leave fuck it okay time for another bowl of this shit something i was wanting to mention at the top of the show and i completely forgot and this would have been good helpful content for people at the beginning of the show that hang around we're switching over to metric i'm like the 24th um yeah i don't like it right what? now dispensaries across the the great plains have a lot 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 of inventory that as of three days from now ain't gonna be legal anymore and they are selling it cheap as fuck i found at different dispensaries and i really should have brought this up at the top of the show oh. i found i because people you know they trail off um but we i just completely forgot my bad listeners i got dabs i got tribe dabs which you know, those are the ones ty was talking about for three dollars a piece at a dispo here Three dollars a piece. I bought ten of those motherfuckers. I am now the owner of ten dabs for thirty dollars that are good dabs because metric. I got some Zen chocolate bars, fifteen motherfuckers a piece. Those things go for thirty five usually. I got a bunch of those. It's amazing. That's that's uh, that reminds me of the first Veterans Day weed was legal in Oregon. <laughs> Let me explain. So you know how if you, I don't know if you've ever. So one of these weird like things that happens when you're a veteran is that on Veterans Day, I call it the gauntlet of angry patriotic food um, because so many restaurants give you freebies on that one day that a lot of veterans like if there's anything you know about at least army guys and marines if you if you if there's good free food they'll show up oh yeah so like guys that never leave the house go out to eat and they'll eat at like three different restaurants throughout the day and just make themselves sick trying to eat as much free shit <coughs> as they can i'm with it okay well the first veterans day that weed was legal a bunch of like a bunch of dispensaries bro a grip of dispensaries <coughs> We're giving out a free joint to veterans on Veterans Day. <laughs> you, this was legal for one year. Right. It was legal one time. It was legal one time, and they never let them do it again. But I went from dispensary disp to dispensary, getting one free joint. Boom, 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 boom. Driving all over the valley. You got a free Veterans Day special? No. Bye. Next. <laughs> and I, 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 maybe not thirty joints, but I have like a brown bag full of free Veterans Day joints, and that's what people are gonna remember this like in Oklahoma. So go out there and get yourself some cheap weed because it won't be around again. That is, yeah, that's an awesome deal and good to know. You guys just caught me stealth yelling at my kid through that whole story, but I did hear it and it was hilarious. I do not know. This is totally not sure related. What it is about my children? needing to walk through this six foot square of my home during the hour a weekend that we record, but I need a moat. I need a moat dig. And I'm sorry that that, that story was very funny about getting all the fucking free joints, but I need a moat. I need a moat around my desk area. And it's gotta be full of fucking piranhas that this is completely out of hand. Okay. I'm done. You could, you could get a giant fish tank and like, Oh, you could modify. Hmm. Like a giant walk-in bathtub. 
I, I don't know what I need, but I swear to God, it's I, I, I am shooing kids away. The one time during the week where I'm smoking weed and fucking chilling, smoking cigarettes and enjoying myself and just cutting loose. Children, children have they... to come through. There's now note you note that to, to this side of me and I'm not the angles are going to be all fucked up because my camera angles worse. kitchen over there. They've already been fed. They got their drinks. I make sure that shit. I make sure that shit from the beginning because I know if not, suddenly they're going to go on some fucking Irish famine hunger strike and be fucking starving to death. And they're going to need me to fucking deal. Okay. So they're fed. Fine. Kitchen's over there. You have no need to be in that motherfucking kitchen. The rest of the house is over here. Now all the home invaders can know the layout of my house. There is no reason, no reason for these children to need to do this. But every show, every show I have to do this thing where you're telling a story and I have to look over and shut my mic off. And literally what I'm doing is listening to you and going, no, go away, go away behind my pop filter. You can't go behind me. Fuck off. And it just, some kids are getting yelled at after this show is what it's coming down to. This might seem amusing, but you know, I'm, I'm kidding. You don't have to call CPS, but I'm going to yell at him. No, I am going to yell at him. You're allowed to yell at your kids. I think maybe I almost, I don't know. Somebody called the cops on me for doing that at Target once, and then when I left, the cops were still talking to them. Maybe just this. Maybe just maybe just get one of these. Blow the like, listener's ear out. Yeah, it's like, hey, hey, fuck you. Shut up. Stay out of my room. Or something, whatever. Let me smoke I, cigarettes in the fucking dining room for an hour a week. <laughs> Dude, someone's going to get on you for smoking in the same space that you eat. I swear. But, but, I we, we it just I'm just sitting. I I usually don't. I'm just chilling at my desk, having a smoke. You know, talking. And the thing is, if not, we'd be pausing every five minutes because I smoke a lot. And I usually hang in the kitchen door and smoke. Oh, dude, that sounds like a very different podcast. It's called the Kitchen Door Podcast, and I've been skipping leg day, oh, and lif- lifting. I just lift, so my arms are like swelling out of my shirt. I'm not wearing an extra large though. I'm wearing like a medium that like I'm straining out of. And I'm like, yeah, man, you just gotta, you just gotta give yourself accountability. I'm oh yeah, about, dude. We talk about hustling a lot, like a yeah, lot, dude. Oh my god, it'd be great. No, we, well, it would be something. Anyway, we could do that. That's a that's a format. I have very unique insight on the gentleman to whom you reference, and I am willing to derail. There's the more than one of them. Well, I'm talking There's about like- Tate. Tate. Andrew Tate. Oh, did I accidentally like specifically you, talk about someone? Whenever you said hustler, I thought you were talking about Andrew Tate of Hustlers University. Oh, is there a, is there a is there a guy already doing this grift? Yeah, I'm gonna make sure that it's that guy. Hustlers University is like the whole thing is like it's teaching young men who don't like, and I get it. It's sad. A lot of young men don't have role models and shit, so they look up to dudes like this who are like, you need to work 24 seven, and then you can have a Lambo like me. And if you talk shitty to a woman, she can't say shit because you're rich, and it's. It's mind blowing. And I work in copy, like I write copywriting. So I see these dudes come through who have taken this hustlers university course from, I believe Andrew Tate, the garbage this man teaches these guys. And now he's, he's banned from all of them anyway, actually. Yeah. Okay. No, that is Andrew Tate. Fuck. That okay. Guy. So like, I'm literally describing, like, I feel like there are a thousand like medium sized podcasts that are bigger than ours right. that are more successful, but that's basically what they're doing. It's like the hustle pod. And and I and I'm, I knew there was a guy out there like that, but there's like hundreds of them, bro. Like I get emails all the time. 
like these spam emails that you get as your show. Like sometimes I'll, I'll my my numbers will spike and then people will get interested in me and then mm-hmm. um like I'll get like alpha podcasters mm-hmm. or like or like whatever like you want to be alpha. I'm like bro, I grow weed in my backyard. What about this says alpha to you? Like yeah. I don't understand. Like like I'm sorry. Like I'm like if I lift. It's not going to become like a central to my personality. Right. I'm just going to get like a little bit bigger and people are going to be like, is he bigger? And they're going to be like, yeah, he is now at home. Like if you know me in my personal life and if I get a six pack again, mm-hmm. God damn, I'm going to be obnoxious about it. Uh, then no, you will I'm be in not- the door. What's up the situation? Let me, let me tell you guys, if you're not up at three 30 lifting while drinking water with razors in it, then you're a pussy and you're never going to get any. Where's your pre-workout pussy? <laughs> this dude is charging people. I just, I just went looking into this and I don't, I, I will derail the show to talk about this dude. I hate this dude okay. for a lot of reasons. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This dude's charging these people 50 bucks a month to oh go on God. and hear things. They go onto a discord and they hear things like, you know, if you want to do well in life, maybe you should pick up your house. But uh, that's dude, cool. That's, like, dude, listen. That's the whole. That's the whole Jordan Peterson grip. Yeah, yeah. That's like, dude, dude, guys, guys, guys. Listen, I fell for it. I'm not even gonna lie. I was, I was curious. I was like, oh, this guy's like a philosopher. Let me read like the 13 rules for life. He got me. He got me, dude. I started reading his shit. And I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. My daddy loves me. And then I moved on. And honestly, bro, like, I'm not even gonna lie. That's fucked up. And my, me and my dad like did a lot of fucked up. We had a fucked. A little. There was some problems but honestly like at the end of the day my dad did his best to instill something in me and maybe some of it stuck there was parenting going on at the end of the day and a lot of what jordan peterson and 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 what is his name andrew tate and these these hustle they're they're trying they need to replace your your inept fail dad because your dad didn't teach you how to clean your room or whatever and listen honestly let me tell you something clean a clean room Doth not success make? No. If you can pick a thing to clean, let me tell you, young man, clean your car because that impresses people. A clean car impresses people. People don't give a fuck if your house is clean. I mean, clean your house when people come over, obviously. Don't be a fucking dirt. Don't make people eat off of like dirty dishes and shit. Clean your house. But like, if your bed doesn't get made anymore and every morning, it doesn't fucking matter. Mm -mm. Especially if you own cats because they're not going to let that thing stay made anyway. Those dudes have a backwards view of that shit, and I kind of get it. I've Peterson, I didn't really find out about until after all the shit with the the Xanax, and he'd already gone off the deep end. But well, it how seems did like, you not figure out about Doctor? Yeah, he's just he. They okay, so and I, I, I've suffered this in my own life in different way. Okay, so I, I I've known successful people in my life. I've known a couple of very successful people in my life, and one of them is actually a really cool dude, and I'm lucky to know him. But you look at these people, and you see uh, they're, they're both self made. And you see that these are people who do have their room clean. And uh, one of them is a person who runs a business for 40 hours a week and then goes out and does nursing on the side at a cardiac unit just because they're bored. And like people see this from the outside and think, okay, well, in order to make this, I just need to spin my wheels like crazy and exert control every part of my life. And it's not exactly like that. What is happening is these people are workaholics. These they're people, well. they can't take pleasure from anything, but, and maybe they can't take pleasure from anything. Maybe work is how they avoid their lives that they don't like at home. 
maybe work is what they do because they can't drink. And I'm not, this is not the people I know necessarily like, but everybody who works like that is working to kind of fight off some kind of demon. Somebody from the outside sees this, some fucking 16 to 24 year old kid. And I'm sorry, that's like still kind of kid age. I was, I was a kid when I was 24. They see this shit and they see, oh, well, this successful person has a clean house and they're telling me to clean my house. So I need to, and like, it's cool to emulate that. Cool. I guess my point is only emulate that point. If you get to the point where you're like, I need to clean my room and also it's okay to hit women sometimes, then you've gone too fucking far. Well, and there there is a there is a way of relating to people that a lot of these guys push where it's like like it's like coercive networking. It's like really yeah. aggressive. And like that's doesn't it's not a good way of building long-term relationships. Yes, everything you do in life has a certain element of Either I like this guy or fuck that guy right off the right. bat. Right. right off the bat, you've either made it and it has nothing to do with your ability. It's because you shaved your goatee a certain way this day and this motherfucker cannot handle it and y'all are never going to have a working relationship. Right. Sometimes it's that simple. And other times you you meet a motherfucker and you think, oh, I like these guys. Right. And all, Or like you grew, work with a group of people. The person that you initially vibe with, in my experience, is not always the person that you have the longest relationship that's with. That's spot on. Yeah. No, there's that's that's a very and, insightful thing. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, but, but like, so first impressions and alpha, I'm like, that's great to raz someone in the first meeting. Like, if you're like a really good at being like a friendly, outgoing guy, that's great. And the people like that. But what people don't like is if you're shoving someone else out of the way to do that shit. Right. They don't like that. And so you're setting these dudes up to get checked. On that note, we're at a solid hour here, and we still have the interview. For those hanging around, please stop and listen to it. I will probably actually, I don't know. I might put it at the front of the show because it's so good. I don't know. If you haven't heard the interview yet, you're getting ready to. So, Dig, was there anything you wanted to add before we go on to the interview with the dudes from Very Good Grows? Have a good week. Grow yeah. weed. Smoke it. Have fun. Forgetting something? Oh, yeah, I gotta go find my Dr. Pepper. What's up, everybody? It's Evan. I guess I don't need to introduce the show because you've already listened this far. I'm here with Cody and Josiah from Very Good Grows. I hope I didn't mangle either of your names. Yep. Right on. Excellent. You gentlemen, uh, hello. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Appreciate you coming out. Uh, thanks for having me. We just spent a lot of time going through the, the grow downstairs and seeing some really cool stuff. I'm hoping I don't like step on anything that I'm not supposed to talk about. If so, just tell me and I'll mark it here and it'll sure. be easy to get around. Yeah. Uh, I guess if you want to start, maybe one of you guys want to tell me like the story of how you got started? Yeah, the story. Wanna, you want to start it and I'll step in here and there? Yeah, so uh, me and Josiah actually uh, went to college together and entered into a fraternity and uh, kind of started our relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, and after right around the end of our graduation or near the, our graduation, um, I was working at a job roofing and, okay. uh, he was working for, uh, simplex or, or smart batch systems, smart batch systems. Yeah. Okay. and he was designing, uh, uh, equipment for them. Um, but I was kind of struggling with my job and so I kind of joked around with them. I was like, man, we should just grow some weed and, and sell it. I think it'd be a little bit easier than this, you know? And I was just kind of in my feelings and, you know, it kind of sparked something in Josiah. And he was like, well, man, I actually started, I was actually thinking about something like that. Oh, and, wow. uh, you know, you're really the perfect person I'd want to be going in on something like that with, cause you know, 
he already know we, we already knew each other and right. you know been around this stuff and that kind of sparked it and then we started researching and we did research for you know a year or two right. or so and kind of began this that is really cool and i, I want to understand are you guys have you guys you have begun selling at stores right because you're already at the party store that i was at is that correct yes, okay. yes, yes. Uh, we were talking about i know there's something coming up on the 21st is this whenever you're launching these new uh strains that i gotta try or is that is monday like a special day for some reason that i understand that right or is it the 24th uh 24th uh, that's whenever uh all the all the product that's sold at the dispensaries has to be uh, oh, compliant on scene to sale. Okay. So uh, it's it's going to be a big market uptick for a lot of us growers who uh, who are who've been playing by the rules for a long time. Wow, that's super so, cool. So we're excited about that. Yeah. It's going to come out at a great time for us too. And we've been developing these strains now for over two years, and they really came into their own. I mean, right. Yeah. Each individual noses. I think you'll get to. You know, I can't wait for everybody to see your reviews and, and when your thoughts on them as well. So, yeah, yeah. And we've been metric compliant ever since we moved into the building. Um, so we've actually had a little uh, head start on some of the people who kind of waited to right. get metric compliant. The, the, the strains I smoked and the people listening will have heard the review by now were just were really, really wonderful. So first I wanted to express that. Thank you guys for like providing something. Let me review it. Um, where are some places that the listeners can find this? Because I did that whole review and I was thinking they probably want to know where to go get it. Right. Um, well, there's any of the twisted ruse you can find in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be at the uh, some of the fire leaves. Um, there's also Fun Factory Dispensary. Yep. Uh, Party more. Party more. Also, mm-hmm. um, and 66 Dispensary. 33 Dispensary. Mm-hmm. Um, there's over. Oh, we've sold. We've sold, sold to 65 dispensaries so yeah. far. Um, 65. Uh, unique clients, some of them with multiple dispensaries. Right mm-hmm. on. So um, we're also working on our website too, and hopefully in the next couple of weeks, you'll be able to go to our website directly and uh, find our product near you uh, just by typing in your zip code. And that's that's really what we're trying to push towards is to help you find our product. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just verygoodgrows.com, right? Yes. Okay. All right. We, we want to make it easy for those people to, to follow us and get the medicine that we're providing to those people. Um, I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And something I noticed going on there, it's really hard not to notice how high tech it is. You have your, your system set up where so much of it, it's automated. You even showed me, I, I don't know if I'm just talking about this, like just the process of getting water and stuff for you guys is really, really advanced. Um, I wish I knew how to frame this in a question besides just saying, whoa, that's really cool because that's kind of where I'm at with it. But uh, how did you guys, I guess, devise this process that you've come up with? Um, so whenever we first started doing our research, we tried to be basically as green as possible. And we try to not take much influence of previous experience from anybody else. And we try to just start the research from the ground up and just do a massive discovery kind of on the industry and what's available to right. us. Um, and from doing that, we landed on some methods uh, that we wanted to go with. And from there, we knew that there was some inherent design challenges mm-hmm. and some issues that were gonna require some pre-thought and so that a lot of that went into the design process of the building up front and so because we were able to start this design process early and come in and make these changes and set up the building to be successful in the methods we wanted to use mm-hmm. it's seeming like we're going to get to reap some of those benefits especially on efficiency levels yeah. and, and how we're able to 
reduce our emissions and carbon footprints by just doing everything as cleanly and the least amount of energy, but also still keeping the quality at the highest level possible. And did you guys, did you, did you build this building? I wasn't clear on that from earlier. Did you buy it and then adapt it? No, yeah, so we built it. We were in here, we leveled the ground, did everything from there forward, uh, laid the insulation. It's effectively a 8,700 square foot refrigerator. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. When we, uh, yeah. When we were first looking into it, we uh, did some looking around the, the uh, market for uh, buildings and stuff. And, uh, you know, with him and his mechanical engine engineering degree, like he's got some insights. And uh, we finally decided that, you know, if we're going to do this and do it right, there's just no building that we can retrofit to right. make this work for marijuana. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of where we decided to uh, build from the ground up. And then that way we could really think about absolutely everything as far as process and really get it running efficiently. Yeah. What would you say, and it's totally cool if you don't want to delve deep, is like the biggest innovation you've got going on there? Because I saw so much cool stuff. Like, what, what's the thing you're proud of stuff? I guess I would ask between you two. There's uh, some multiple, yeah, multiple things. Yeah. I would think the, the, the coolest thing is the, uh, the ability to run the entire grow. Um, through our technology and the sensors that um, uh, we've developed or Amos Design has uh, developed with us. Um, they allow for really, really precise um, uh, readings. Okay. Basically, they're the highest on the market um, and the sensors themselves, they, uh, they basically bring air in, new fresh air in. That way they are taking accurate readings of the actual canopy. That's uh, cool. The sensors are within a housing and that can affect, the, it, can, it can be different than the actual environment outside of the housing. So we, that was a problem itself. Um, but it was really awesome to, to know that I can leave here and, uh, and know if I have any problems if I'm 20 miles down the road and nobody else is here. And so that's something that we can, we can tackle problems even though no one's here sometimes. And it's yeah. in this, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and so, I mean, like you were saying, the, uh, the sensors that were developed are active air sensors, and so they're always bringing in fresh air, and they're bringing that air in at the canopy level, and so you're getting an accurate reading of what those humidity and temperatures are at the canopy, which is more important to controlling your room environment. You want to control your room environment with point control rather than off of any type of sensor that's in the unit itself, right? Because the air temperature up uh, high up in the ceiling may be different than what the plants are getting themselves. Right. And so because we control our theory based on temperatures that are further away through remote control, then it allows us to more precisely keep that temperature grow over grow, cycle over cycle, and ultimately create the same crop harvest after harvest, allowing us to have the same medicine, which we think is the been the most difficult thing for anybody to do since this medicine is so unique that it's not synthesized in a lab it's not created over a short amount of time it takes 12 14 15 weeks to grow it and if you're not doing that the same from day one to day 150 how can you expect it to be the same right overgrow right and so that's where we started diving in to tackle these problems from the, from the very beginning um the building itself. Uh, one of the biggest issues with retrofitting buildings uh, that are already standing and existing is they do not have enough power. Oh, okay. Right? So you have to come in and you got to bring more power. And by the time you're doing that, you're already messing with the bones of the building again. 
And so by the time you touch the bones and you start going in there and tearing out the old work, a lot of times you find more wrong with <laughs> the building than you ultimately thought there was at the beginning, or you're finding mold, or there's wood here and there. And really what you want is all starts with the bones in a grow facility because if they start to rot or fatigue, that's where the entire building starts to crumble around behind it. So okay. you start with good bones and then get everything else going and finally the control system and the brains that run it all and can help you do your job better by saying, hey, this kick can send you a text message that says room is low in humidity. Maybe there's a problem in here. You should check it out. And uh, that can help us not have to keep quite as close of an eye, but still be able to keep everything within spec. It's interesting that actually going back to something you said, Cody, you can kind of be down the road. I've worked at trims and stuff, and I've known commercial growers that are basically at certain times of the season or whatever the the cycle, I guess you'd say, just chain to the crop. They got it. They got to be there. It sounds like you guys have not only worked that away, but you've automated like you've identified a lot of variable factors and taken like great pains to isolate them and keep them under your control. And that's really cool. That's a, I, I would assume that allows, like kind of you said, with the consistency with the product over and over, it lets right. you get the same effects from the, the same strains over and over. Mm-hmm. That's really, really cool. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, just these little small changes in the way you grow can change your cannabinoid profiles just right. ever so slightly and, mm-hmm. and, and really affect, you know, the way that the medicine affects you. Right, that's so true. We just want to keep it the same. That way people know what they're getting into. And obviously a high quality product the same too right yeah we wouldn't want to stay the same if, if we don't like the products that's growing that's why we we do spend about a year on each one of our pheno hunts really ensuring that it is a product that we want to continue and go forward with and sometimes plants don't make the cut and when they don't make the cut it sucks but that's why we want every product that we grow to be trusted and can be purchased by anybody that's that's neat too you said about the phenons that's a whole other aspect of the business that i haven't talked to you guys about just with the technology here as far as that goes how long did it take you to source the the six things that i tried for the review oh so i mean we went to the local seed area and picked mm-hmm. them up back uh was it probably 2018 oh. or 2019 it's 2019, 2019. yeah and uh, we picked those up and that was kind of our first little endeavor um scale uh, grow laboratory in our <laughs> spare bedroom in our house and uh, Fino hunted those out and went through our first process and it took us about a year and a half before we landed on on the ones that we had here and then uh, over the next couple years we started working on sourcing genetics and getting with other people and local seed collectors and some industry specialists that have helped us procure uh, a wide set of genetics available to us now that we'll slowly be bringing out over over the coming years and uh, if i know this is information i'm not supposed to be without forgive me it's something like 16 total strains is that? uh sh- 16 or 14 16 16 uh, we have 14 now that we're growing uh we've had a solid six that we've been running with for a while um you know those three indicas and three sativas mm-hmm. uh, we wanted a, a a decent range of um, sativas and uh, indicas that way there's different types of medicines for those people yeah. uh, with having only six strains right now um, but I want to say that we have uh, somewhere around 40 something strains uh, some okay. of those are just being held back until we can get um, mm-hmm. uh, ramped up basically 
So, so as you're doing that, so whenever you're like saying it takes like you're you're actually like developing out bad traits and enhancing good traits, is that what I'm understanding? Like that end of it, or are you like? Uh, so each each genetic of the plant is going to have its own characteristics that mm -hmm. can be brought out, and uh, the environment that we create only enables that plant to either bring out those characteristics that it has or to not bring okay. those out. And so some plants may prefer one environment over another, mm -hmm. and our goals are to match our plants to our environments. And so we spend our time and our care in selecting the environment that we want that plant to grow in and then finding the plant that likes it the most. Um, so it's a little backwards to how some people do it, but um, it allows us to kind of cater things to how our processes work. Right. And it also allows us to find the ones that mesh with our styles. And so there's some plants that just don't mesh with it, and we understand that. Um, but those aren't the ones that, that go well for us, and there's thousands of genetics, and, and we've got plenty of opportunities. Uh, starting in January of next year, we're, we're on a, a company goal to bring out one new strain per month for the year. So by next year, we should be getting up into over close to 30 strains. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, and uh, you know, one problem that growers have is, and the reason why there aren't very many sativas necessarily on the market is because indicas are really known for being a faster, a faster right. flowering plant, and uh, you know, growers tend to want to get that done faster, and so they can you know make more or whatever. But um, we do have some sativas that are a little bit fa on the faster side, cool. and so they can match up with our indicas fairly well, um, and they'll you know without pulling them out too early because uh, you don't necessarily want that you want it to finish so right. um, in some of our sativas we will look for some you know traits like that they'll yes. let it you know finish faster um, that way we can run it uh, with our same process and that's interesting too because you, you notice uh, I'm assuming because of patient preferences and the fact that they're finickier and like they take longer to get right. Like you don't necessarily see a ton of great sativas out there all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, sometimes there'll be a good run like down a lot where I live. Like there might be a good Durban that comes through and everybody's got it for like three weeks and then boom, you're back to kind of lame, not so great sativas that weren't grown right. So like the, having it repeatable and that helps out dudes that love sativas like me a lot. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we hear that a lot. Right, right, we really, right. really do, you know. Yeah, we, we, we do think sativas do get a bad rap. Uh, a lot of people will get anxiety uh, from sativas. Um, it's a little bit racier. It, it can yeah. be racier. And so we do try to do things during our pheno hunts to try to select the least racy, um, at least through an internal audit to try to figure out, you know, make guesses to try to help our patients have stuff that hopefully is going to be enjoyable for almost anybody that tries it. And people have, have been able to lean into some of our sativas that don't typically smoke them and have had a great time. And it's really good to see that, uh, you know, as the growers and the creators of these strains, getting to see somebody who's like, oh, I, I can't smoke sativas, but then getting that follow-up call of, wow, this is a sativa I can actually have yep. and use. Um, I'm so excited that, that this is now something I can bring into my life, you know? That's, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I, I don't fortunately deal with like weed-induced anxiety. I use weed to make the anxiety go away, but I do have issues with like coughing a lot. Like I got a really high tolerance due to edibles, but so I got to smoke a lot to get high and it becomes an issue. You guys go with such smooth stuff that like, the only one that even like really made me cough at all was the, the, the candy apple and it was still so good. It was just nothing wrong with it. It was just, that's the one that got me. For you guys to hit like five out of six, and I think I said this in the review, is really incredible. Like I could hit bowl after bowl of it and it like didn't make me feel like I was gonna die. It was awesome. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. And it's us just being smokers oh, too. Um, you know, I like to enjoy actually smoking it. You know, I, it's not just the high for me. Like right. That's nice. Um, but if I can't sit there and enjoy it and, you know, my face is turning red yeah. and I'm sweating and my throat hurts or my chest hurts so much, like, it is uh, it's very, I think it's very important on a, on a patient standpoint that you're not like hurting right. your body. And yeah. you know, if you're coughing like that, you know, it's, you're, you're hurting your body. It right. hurts yeah. for a reason. And I think, it, I think when you cough, it can take away from the flavor experience mm-hmm. of the flower as well. And that's one thing that I really like to be highlighted in flower. And a lot of people miss out on because yeah. they're coughing so much, I feel like. And uh, the smoother your flower is, the better you can experience it for the fullest expression of what it's supposed to be as well. That's uh, really interesting. The, the care that you guys take to, to, to make that happen. Like, like I can't. And seriously, I'm totally. I'm not blowing smoke. Like, if it, they all hit me bad, I would just say it. But like, they they were. I'm looking forward to going on the lining up now. And typically, <laughs> all I do is eat edibles. Like, that's really. I, I eat a thousand millions of edibles a day, but I might go like three weeks without smoking. So you guys just introducing this has been hugely helpful. Right. And if it did hurt and you didn't like it, I want you to say something. Right. Because yeah, that's, what we think. that's how we're going to improve. Right. Um, and that's how we do improve. We, we really are real with ourselves, you know. Sure. Um, yeah, we try to be our own biggest critics uh, for the most part, as hard as that is to uh, consistently do with your own internal right. internal biases. But that's where we, we really try to get sample feeds from anybody who will give us feedback to right. and and we appreciate every bit of feedback right. that we get. It's, yeah, it's so immensely helpful for our processes. Right. Cool. Uh, we're in the 21 minute mark, you guys, and I don't want to hold you for too much of your time. I do want to ask though, because we had so much stuff go through the interview. Are there any points that I've missed? Anything big that you would like to bring up that you feel is important that would like to get out to the bottom of India's audience? Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, the, the general general premise of what Very Good Grows wants to be is we've always wanted to be a fantastic product that every consumer can buy and uses their daily driver. That's that's what our goal is to be. We want you to be able to have an affordable product and that's why we went in and did these big investments into all this high energy efficient stuff right. and everything like that. Is we wanted to position ourselves into the market in a long-term position to allow us to compete on cost mm-hmm. with competitors and also extend those savings to the end consumer. And uh, we really wanted to be a big part of that middle shelf right. to where you can get a good fresh middle shelf product, something that hasn't been rotated down off the top shelf <laughs> and that the dispensary can be proud to sell you off the middle shelf because they're moving, you know, pounds and pounds and pounds of it a month because it's what you buy an ounce of for your week and then you go get your special treats for Sundays and weekend and whatever you want to that's on that primo shelf. And uh, that's really the place that we want to land and just live with our, our uh, industry and be a part of there and uh, provide that service to everybody. I don't know. Uh, no, that's basically what I was going to say is the, the whole point of this is to be uh, efficient as possible and um, lower our costs for our, our uh, consumers. Um, we don't want them to have to pay uh, stupid amounts of money for some uh, top shelf, quote unquote, top <laughs> shelf weed. Um, you know, I, I want our stuff to be uh, worthy of being on that top shelf, but priced to be on the middle shelf. Right now. I want it to be affordable, uh, and that way everyone can enjoy a nice medicine.
Well, for the listeners who are on Thaista, you can hopefully soon go to the verygoodgirls.com website to see their, their stuff. And uh, are there any other ways that somebody right now could find you? Just do weed maps. Are you putting your name on that or anything like yeah. that? Um, we can be found on Instagram as well. Okay. Uh, we also have a Facebook. We're most active on Instagram by far. Uh, right. we got some pretty sweet photos and stuff on yeah, there. So and we try to... We try to throw things out there and not do a whole bunch of the same stuff. Uh, you know, it is it is a plant, but it, it forces us to be creative. And it also gives every one of our guys in the building something uh, fun to kind of do. We all work together on those posts to make them happen. And, and that allows us to have more creative sparks because, you know, I get into my thought tunnels and Cody gets into right. his and everybody kind of has their style. Right. And this way we get to a little, be a little encompassment of what the company is and and that's what we always tell our guys to focus on is you know our companies are plants we're just here to ensure that they can go present themselves to the people and that's really what we're here for, for doing and that's uh, i remember from when you guys followed me it's at very good grows right just like the name yeah yep okay so make sure you check out at very good grows on at least insta because they do have some cool stuff uh thanks for listening everybody cody just i thank you both i'm always